We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Rollware NFL Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. I'm Joe Barlow. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports, and join alongside me, as always, is Jake Tarski. You can follow him at Roto Jake. Week eight is in the books. We are what T minus eight minutes away from the conclusion of what was possibly the most boring trade deadline that I've ever been a part <laughs> of in any sport ever. Uh, yeah, and frankly. It's to the point where I'd rather discuss the Monday night football game between the Dolphins and Steelers than any of the quote-unquote action that occurred throughout this Tuesday trade deadline. Yeah, it was a really rough week. I think we got spoiled by, you know, the Elshon Jeffrey, Golden Tates, those types of deals last season, some fantasy-relevant trades. Not necessarily anything that looks like it's going to happen. I mean, we got to keep to leave traded to the Dolphins. I'm sure he's thrilled about that. Jamal Adams probably heading to the Cowboys. So defenses uh, are, are changing landscape a little bit. Um, I mean, the Patriots released Mike Nugent. That's not really a trade. You know, some kicker news I know everyone's waiting for, but no, let's get into the game because you're right. That uh, that terrible game was somehow more exciting. The Dolphins jumped out to an early lead, and I was ready to write in on this uh, outline. It's like, oh, is a huge accident to Sean Kaiser pop champagne as the as the uh, as the reigning winless team here in the league? And um, unfortunately, not because uh, the Steelers responded well to their crowd booing their quarterback, and uh, they came back and and scored a lot of unanswered points. James Conner looked good as one would expect in a matchup against the Dolphins. Unfortunately, he left the game in a sling, got a little bit injured uh you think maybe that opened things up for Benny Snell but he was also injured and you've got Jalen Samuels coming back from injury so the funny thing is is uh Le'Veon Bell's name kind of surfaced around as a as a possible trade candidate suddenly the Jets were trying to shop the contract's so front-loaded so if you get it towards the end it's not the worst but uh, I mean who's the team that could use Le'Veon Bell the most right now probably his old team the Steelers yeah before before uh we get any confirmation otherwise I mean, Jamal Williams or just Jamal Williams Jamal Adams hasn't been traded yet to the Cowboys of all the players that were being tossed around as potential options at the trade deadline it seems like he was the most 
likely one to be moved, and the Cowboys have mm-hmm. a significant need at safety and interest, in particular getting their hometown guy in Jamal Adams. It hasn't happened yet uh, as of five minutes. I keep constantly refreshing Twitter to confirm or deny, but either way, it doesn't really matter for our free agent edition of this podcast and focusing on pickups. You're right, James Conner. Uh, well, he he just, he broke my heart. I was... I have a mortal enemy in my my favorite fantasy league who I probably have like a two and thirty record against. Mm-hmm. I still have more championships than him, but I have like a two and thirty overall record. And we both, of course, had the two highest scores of the week. And I ended up losing by five despite having the Steelers defense going against James Conner, all because he goes for 145 yards and a touchdown. Why couldn't he have left in a sling like maybe the <laughs> third quarter? No, we don't root for injury. Come on, Joe. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's how I, selfish I, I, I am. I mean, yeah, I guess it, it would have worked out for me too because I was in a matchup where uh, I was up by nine, had Devontae Parker going against James Conner. And Parker, you know, was the most targeted guy, but unfortunately the touchdowns went to Wilson and Hearns for the Dolphins here. Couldn't keep Parker's touchdown streak alive. I mean, I'm still encouraged a little bit by his volume and the fact that he led the way with eight targets, and he is probably the best receiver they have got. Um, Other than that, though, anything else really jump out for me from a fantasy perspective? I mean, Deontay Johnson had a pretty good game for Pittsburgh. Vance McDonald was underwhelming in his game back. This is Mark Walton's backfield in Miami, apparently, and and those are the storylines from from yours truly, who pretty much (laughs) suffered through the entire thing. Especially after the Kenyon Drake trade, who went to the Cardinals and likely becomes one of the top running back options this week with potentially David Johnson and your boy Chase Edmonds injured and likely out for this contest this week. Right, They're not one of the teams in the bye. I feel like there's like 45 teams now, but it's not. They, they do play this week, so it'll be interesting to see what Kenyon Drake does yeah. well, with his new team. And I'm glad you brought it up because Kenyon Drake is only 62% owned in Yahoo formats, and he was one of the most dropped players over the last couple of weeks. Once it became apparent, you know, Mark Walton and even Kalen Balazs were taking his jobs and that it was it was pretty clear that the Dolphins didn't have him in their future plans. Uh, a lot of people were like, okay, he's just going to waste away on this team the rest of the year. But the Dolphins shipped him to one of the more favorable running back situations. I mean, it's an offense that's going to run a lot of plays. And an offense where both of the lead backs are already uh, are already banged up and are possibly going to miss multiple weeks. I mean, Dave, it's a short week. They play on Thursday night, I believe. So that'll be tough to get Drake integrated right away. Um, and, and then you've got the injury situation. It looks like Edmonds' multi-week thing with the hamstring injury. So, so much for all that stashing of him I did. Um, <laughs> going to need to get to the playoffs for that to be a factor. But anyway, what I'm saying is we're not going to – go in depth with uh, Drake when it talks about when we get to our running back discussion this week. Um, But he is available in 38% of Yahoo leagues. And he was one of the, you know, if you sort some leagues have that most added, most dropped feature, he was right up there at the top of the most dropped feature. And suddenly he gets, uh, I mean, their Thursday night game against San Francisco. That's no good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pick him up and start him this week, but I still believe there's still a little bit of belief of me in me holding out that that Drake's ability is certainly there, and you know you, you get a situation where you get a fast-paced offense with a quarterback that you know is going to open up running lanes for him due to the ability to stretch the field, and suddenly Drake is going to creep back into fantasy relevance this year. So hopefully you didn't drop him. If he's out there, I would probably say he's your top pickup over any of the at least over any of the running backs we're going to talk about this week. Yeah, and he was among the top names in Kevin Payne's NFL waiver wire week nine edition in which he had a disclaimer discussing about Ty Johnson as well. And we'll get to Ty Johnson and his vast disappointment uh, in a little bit. I do want to talk just briefly about the bye weeks before we run down and, and start going over the quarterbacks, which frankly is probably the deepest of the free agent positions that occurred this week, though. So we have the Falcons, Bengals, Rams, Saints. I think this is one of uh, the next, well, week 10 also has four, and then week 11 is six teams. It feels like there's well, going to be... I thought it was week 10 was six, but... Okay, well, I, there anyway, you go. One of these uh... is going to have... It, it, we're, now we're getting to the heavy portion of the bye weeks where we're seeing a lot of different teams now. Of course, the Chiefs and Packers and Chargers still have a few more weeks to go, so more prominent names are there. But if you were able to survive this early portion of the season, like I was, of the mid-500 record and a lot of your major players now out on bye and coming back, this is your opportunity opportunity to at least have some confidence you can run back into the playoff race Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and uh i had to look it up but there are six teams on by uh next week so looking ahead you know you got broncos texans jaguars patriots eagles redskins and then week 11 and 12 are four teams each just like this week which is week nine that we're previewing here and then after that buys are finally over so week 10 is the one that you really got to watch out for and uh hopefully you tune in uh to our show a week from now and we can help you fill in those bye week spots because there's going to be some there's going to be some ugly looking players starting in uh in fantasy in week 10 that's for sure ha well my lamps already have that done so no problem jake we 
we can, we can You're handle this. You're way ahead of us, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Ever the planner, that's what I am. All right, well, the NFL season is officially underway, of course, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right, Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you a million dollars every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football today and get started now at yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy. Again, just as a reminder for when we're going through some of these options, we're trying to highlight players under 50% owned in our sponsors, Yahoo formats, of course, Kenyon Drake, who we mentioned, was at 62% on. Great mm-hmm. name, certainly worth talking about if you're trying to take a wider scope. But we're really trying to narrow down some maybe uh, less than ideal options or at least less less owned than more of the popular names out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely uh, the way that we're going to go here. And uh, there are some okay names, but it was we were really hoping for a good trade deadline because the waiver wire is mostly barren here, and especially with these guys under 50%. But we've got a couple creative angles that we're hoping to take you on. Uh, so uh, come join on this journey with us, and uh, we'll get you some pickups. I just did the official last refresh before the deadline has now passed. There is no Trent Williams. There is no Jamal Williams. There is no Chris Harris trade. It's official. This was brutal. This was ugly, and this was boring. Yeah, I mean, is the NFL like the NBA where suddenly, like an hour afterwards, all these trades will get announced? Or like I don't MLB? think it works. I, I don't know. Quite. I don't know exactly how these how, how these rules work. Like but, I don't even know about NBA. Yeah, I'll keep my tweet deck up just in case something <laughs> happens here, and we can uh, we don't have to recycle the podcast when it's all said and done. That's why it's coming to you a little bit later this week. Sorry if you couldn't get this for your afternoon commute if that's how you're used to it. But uh, hopefully, we're still going to get you guys some names to. Look look out for here on the wire let's dive into the quarterback position of course we targeted a guy like Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones and Josh Allen and frankly two of the three were fantastic streaming options lo and behold the one quarterback that played on Thursday night was the lone problem it looked like a great matchup for Kirk Cousins in a rivalry or I guess I should say a revenge game narrative we had Case Keenum on the other side of things too and frankly nobody but Delvin Cook was any sort of fantasy relevance in that contest which goes to the fact that Thursday night games are just awful. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, uh, Kirk Cousins had a pretty good real-life game. I think yes, he was like tw- yeah. he was 23 of 26. He's Pro Football Focus's fourth-rated quarterback this past week. His only incompletions, uh, one was a throwaway, and two of them were drops, I think. So, I mean, if, by any other metric other than fantasy points, you look at that game and say, oh, yeah, he, did, he had a pretty good game. But it was the game manager, Kirk Cousins, against a, a pretty overmatched opponent as opposed to the regular Kirk Cousins. I'm, uh, I'm hoping to make a move in my dynasty league uh so i'm so i can finally part ways with the sam Darnolds and, and daniel jones of the world so i can get a quarterback but kirk cousins is the one i'm going to keep because uh i think he is you know inconsistent sure but capable of a 25 point fantasy game every so often absolutely interesting so you have those three i'd much rather have josh allen we talked about a little bit earlier as far as his schedule he still has the dolphins yet to go coming up oh, did, as I say, well. I, I, did i say josh allen i think i got that in my head I, it's, it's sam darnold and daniel jones are the guys that i'm shipping out okay i was going through the trio that we mentioned and oh yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. yeah oh i so got gotcha, you Kirk gotcha. cousins the one okay. you want to keep and I, I get that although daniel jones has looked pretty good so mm-hmm. and we, he's better with saquon back he suddenly got his weapons and now he's he's relevant again yeah and Darius Slayton had a, a pretty good contest, too, and we'll talk about him a little bit later when we get to the receivers. Moving over to the quarterbacks, though, to target this week, I think it's time to start considering Derek Carr among the top 12, top 14 fantasy quarterbacks out there right now. I don't know if we specifically mentioned him in one of our very first podcasts in the July, early August range where we we're talking about quarterbacks we like to target. You, of course, were famously on Mitch Trubisky. Of course. Good yes. job there, Jake. And yep. I was in on Philip Rivers and Derek Carr. And frankly, I mean, I guess compared to the, the stink bomb that is Trubisky both of them are good but Carr has looked like just actually like a pretty good quarterback overall and I feel comfortable especially against the Lions who might be out with Darius or might be without Darius Slate again this week regardless of the lack of weapons the Raiders have Carr is able to move the ball and move the ball pretty effectively Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, he also gets a pretty good matchup this week. The Lions' defense—it'll uh, depend a little bit on whether Darius Slay can get healthy or not. That certainly helps their pass defense. But uh, the Lions are right now—they're bottom set. They're the seventh worst team in uh, points allowed to opposing quarterbacks here, giving up 14 passing touchdowns on the year. So. Not only has Carr been playing better, he's got Tyrell Williams healthy. He's suddenly got, I mean, he has a car, even without Antonio Brown, he's got a running game. He's got one decent receiver and a pretty dang good tight end who's emerged. So that seems to be enough to be able to carry him to some productivity. Um, You know, there are a few streaming options out there, but uh, I absolutely have no problem 
picking up and streaming Derek Carr this week. If, for example, uh, well, I mean, let's look at the bye week. Uh, you know, Drew Brees, you, his own, Jared Goff, his own, is maybe is probably a starter. Uh, Andy Dalton, who got replaced, we'll talk about that in a second. He's on a bye. Matt Ryan was injured anyway. So I guess if you're a golfer or a Brees owner, I'd probably be looking at Derek Carr this, this week if you were not carrying another quarterback on the roster. I'll go so far as to say is he's not just a streaming option for me. I think he needs to be picked up. And at least as your quarterback, too, that you could potentially use mm-hmm. each and every week. Like, I'm not going to just play him this week and then cut him. He has yeah. the Chargers week 10. Fine, difficult match. But then the Bengals in week 11, Jets in week 12, mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs week 13. We yeah. saw that offensive be able to move the ball. Like, mm-hmm. that's some pretty solid matchups that you could use for him sure. For sure. What I was going to ask is if you're a Breeze or a Goff owner, are there any weeks that you would actually start Carr over those guys? But, uh, Given those matchups that you just mentioned on that and that upcoming schedule, there actually might be. So maybe yeah. maybe he is more than a stream option. I can give you that one, Joe. I'd have to look at what Breeze. Well, I I don't think I'm benching Breeze after he had 370 plus yards passing mm-hmm. and three touchdowns last week in his return. I, I just can't yeah. see that happening. But maybe Goff would make some sense. Where mm-hmm. I have to look at their schedules. Yeah, because I, I believe Goff will at least have the 49ers one more time. If yeah, I remember right. You well, know. and the Seahawks too, which yeah. have always presented problems for okay. him as well. Interesting. But let's say you get outbid for Derek Carr here. Uh, there's a couple other streaming options. You know, I wrote. I wrote down Ryan Tannehill, um, but the matchup against the Panthers isn't necessarily good. I mean, the Panthers are, what do I got? They're number nine in least fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. They've uh, they've allowed they've picked off as many passes as they have allowed passing touchdowns for the, 40, That's for the Panthers a here. Stat. Yeah, nine of each here. So, yeah, yeah that is pretty wild. Um, so, uh, the Ryan Tannehill matchup, although he's been playing well and making that offense look a little better lately, I don't think that he's a streaming option. If you streamed him last week to okay results, he's probably going back on the waiver wire for somebody else, but he's still at 30% owned, so I'll write him down. I mean, back-to-back 20-point fantasy games does earn you something. You you and I uh, drew straws after the podcast last week about who had to watch the Dolphins-Steelers game, and thankfully I didn't have to win that one. But as a result, I ended up watching the Buccaneers. Titans won, if only to give us a little bit more credence on the Ryan Tannehill mm-hmm. love that we had last week. That was not a good game. I, I yeah. get it that he scored 20 fantasy points, but when you have Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, who I continue to think are pretty darn good receivers, and really getting gifted early field position and therefore getting the two early mm-hmm. touchdowns, it was just not a great performance. Like he struggled to get to 21 pass completions. This is, it just, it wasn't great. And against the Panthers defense overall, I definitely would rather go with a guy like Sam Darnold against the Dolphins. We're going to talk about a little bit. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe even the reverse, like Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets. Like you're, that's the same production mm-hmm. level without the fear of the pass rush the Panthers have. I noticed you you glossed over yeah, Mitch I wasn't Trubisky talk about- <laughs> at, at Philadelphia this week. So, okay, so if we rule Tannehill out, say Carr's our top streaming option this yes. week. You're, I mean, you're down to, all right, who's going to be left there on the wire? Darnold at Miami. Okay, I can buy that. Mitch Trubisky at Philly, um, I, I get it. Okay, I'll admit uh, yeah. that Mitch Trubisky is bad, but I mean, even in that, it was it wasn't this past week, but the week before, you know, he still if he, he threw the ball fifty something times. And, it was um, against the Saints when they were down by almost three scores exactly. in the second half. I mean, could and, you get one of those against the Eagles? I mean, the Eagles uh, they looked pretty good last week. They're back to five hundred. They've got a lot to play for. Uh, it's a secondary that's given up some given up some points here. I mean, th- there are probably worse options out there, is what I'm saying here. But you definitely. Um, I can't fault you if you put both Sam Darnold in that glorious matchup against the Dolphins. If he's ever going to get back on track, that would be the week. And then, of course, Fitzmagic against the Jets. Uh, you know, that's possible, too, especially, again, we don't know this, but if Jamal Adams is on his way out, I'm not, uh, you know, that could uh, that could hurt the Jets' pass defense. Yeah, my only concern is that there was a lot of different reports, whether it be Robbie Anderson or Le'Veon Bell or Jamal Adams, of the Jets trying to trade off all those guys. And mm-hmm. if you're a player, you see that. Like it's, it's, oh, yeah. I know you're professional, but you see that, and you see with the direction of the Jets and where they're going this year. Not that you would want to lose to the Dolphins, but that has to have a negative connotation, right? Like you have to feel some sort of bad when you see all these mm-hmm. big time players and actually big skill position players potentially getting moved. So maybe there's like a negative connotation with the, the yeah. chemistry and atmosphere that comes well, with it. If I remember correct, this was the organization that like got rid of their GM after the draft, kind oh, of yeah. close to the start of the regular season here. So so the regime that brought all of these players in and drafted most of these players, even from this year's class, is not the same one that we're dealing with for the rest of the Which year. Which we saw with the third-round pick, uh, Polite. I think he's a defensive end that he got cut uh, during the offseason. Yeah, it just, mm-hmm. it's, they're a mess. We knew they were going to be a mess, and I would not be surprised at all. I think of the survivor teams, the Jets were like the third-highest selector right now as of Tuesday. 
I would not be surprised at all if the Dolphins end up yeah. winning. I was very worried about them beating the Steelers. That, of course, didn't come to fruition. But the mm-hmm. first half, it looked like it was realistically possible. Oh, yeah. I feel like the same thing could happen here against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing that Booger did on the telecast last night was uh, praise Brian, Brian Flores a ton about his ability to still motivate these guys and keep them out there for pride. So so who the heck knows? I, I'd, I'd probably fade the field and not go with the Jets in that situation. I, I buy that. Uh, do you want to do some quick hitters for two quarterback leads? Well, I was going to say the biggest news that really occurred in this trade deadline is the fact that the Bengals are all in on tanking. Andy Dalton, following the team's bye, will be benched in favor of Ryan Finley. If you know who Ryan Finley is, kudos to you. He's a uh, fourth-round pick this year. Will now be starting for the Bengals. Of course, Dalton's contract ends this season. It seems like a foregone conclusion that he is not going to be back in Cincinnati last year to the point where many were anticipating maybe he gets traded to Chicago or something like that or a team that needs a quarterback. That didn't happen. Ryan Finley's the quarterback now for the Bengals. We've seen Dalton actually be relevant a little bit fantasy-wise with junk time production. Can Finley do the same thing? That's really tough. I mean, you've got an offensive line that's bad, number one. So you're going to throw Finley in the mix to an offensive line. I mean, you're throwing this guy out to the Sharks. I just don't see a whole lot of ceiling here to where you'd pick him up over some of these other, you know, 10, 15, 20% owned guys that we just talked about in the last section. It's two QB leagues only. And yeah, with, uh, there's, like I said, there's weeks coming up. One, the Bengals are on by this week, right? Yes. So even if you're in a two quarterback league, you have to wait until next week. So maybe he's like a backup bid if, you are going to be in a tough situation in your two quarterback league in week 10 when six teams are on by. But even even in that situation, I don't see um, as much more than, uh, than than a one and done type scenario here because say he gets A.J. Green back too, that might help a little bit. Maybe there's more jump ball uh, availability there, but that nothing that Cincinnati has done has led me to believe that really any quarterback can be very successful under oh, the current no. setup. Absolutely. They they play the Dolphins in Week 16. That is the decider of the number one overall pick, that contest, right? Like <laughs> The toilet bowl, yes. Right? I mean, this, the, we will have at least we, – well, we are guaranteed to not have one team uh, – well, like they're going to get a win. Right? One, one of these two teams is going to get a win. It's going to be until Week 16, though, because I just don't see how the Bengals are really going to turn around all that much. And maybe maybe Finley gives them a confidence boost. I don't know. Like You, you can't be in Cincinnati's locker room and be able to figure it out. It just feels like a mess, and I, I can't imagine this is really – the greatest direction in terms of the offensive capabilities for the Bengals. Another quarterback move that occurred early Tuesday, uh, really it was kind of Tuesday morning, Joe Flacco was placed on IR with a back-slash-neck injury. I don't think we quite know, and frankly, he's getting a second um, second opinion on the injury itself. Either way, he's not going to be starting quarterback for the Broncos. Yeah. Enter Brandon Allen, at least initially, and potentially Drew Locke, who could be coming off injury reserve. Mm-hmm. He's healthy, the, the second-round pick of 2019, could make his first appearance as a Broncos starting quarterback. Either way, other than um, other than you having Cortland Sutton, I can't imagine you're really feeling confident about this Broncos offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and after Emmanuel Sanders got traded, you're thinking, okay, yeah, I get Cort- Cortland Sutton. You know, that'll be an actual startable fantasy player. Um, I don't know, not so much anymore here because you're looking at the situation. It's Brandon Allen with uh, with a practice squad player probably coming up until Drew Locke, who's on IR himself, comes off. He's got the thumb injury. I imagine it'll go to Drew Locke. I mean, I'm trying to do a comp on these players right now, like as in which one is tall with a really big arm. Drew Locke is basically a yeah. younger version of yes. Joe Flacco, I mean, which yeah. is the joke that yeah. keeps happening. With Drew Locke is 6'4". He can probably he sling a big that arm. Ball. Yes. Second round pick. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, so he's probably your stereotype that gets that. I, I don't want any piece of this. I mean, yeah, you're going to play some two quarterback leagues where you have to, but uh, for now, you know, not so much for me. A um, couple other guys on the quick hitter list before we uh, continue moving on to positions here. I uh, figured I'd mention Kyle Allen. He came back down to earth this week. Had a really tough matchup, eight percent owned. He's still gonna st- he's gonna keep starting here, and he's got the Tennessee Titans. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do with him when Cam Newton comes back. But uh, this is, I mean, the 49ers was the first game he lost, so I don't know how much that sways the decision necessarily. Could give him an excuse to go back to Newton Week Ten if Newton's healthy, but it doesn't sound like he is yet. So he's on the radar as well. And uh, I mean, two quarterback leagues. If you're planning a few weeks ahead. Nick Foles is coming back to practice, so you got that. What, Why would what, they play him? That's that's my th- like Gardner Minshew has kind of rallied this team, and he's a significantly cheaper asset. You can still potentially trade Nick Foles. He hasn't damaged himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to pay Nick Foles, you know, one way or another. So I don't know, maybe. 
I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I, I just no, and you're not the only person. I've actually seen a few people say, "Oh, Nick Foles returning soon," and I don't know why you would think Gardner Minshew hasn't played his way into the starting role at this point, and mm-hmm. especially as a cheap asset, a sixth round pick. Yeah. Like, why not continue to roll with what you have? I guess. I mean, Gardner Minshew was number eight in PFF rating this week, so I mean, he's capable of having good games, I suppose. He's got a sneaky touchdown interception ratio too. Like, he's I think near top ten in terms of fantasy quarterbacks. I mean, like. 14 or 15 mm-hmm. when I checked earlier on Saturday morning. And I, I, again, I, I I think in parts because they have Chris Conley and D.D. Westbrook and D.J. Chark, like they have weapons and Fournette's really helped take the uh, the field and kind of change it around for the offense mm-hmm. for Jacksonville. But I think Gardner Minshew ends up starting the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm perusing these PFF passing grades right now. And, and Gardner Minshew, on, while he was good last year, he is uh, not good on the season here. So, you know, he's below your Daniel Jones. He's below oh, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield. He's below. Um, so, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I I got to do a deeper dive on these metrics to see how much I yeah. can trust him. But uh, I just I, I think you have to throw him in consideration here because you know, Foles is the guy that they paid. Yep, I, I agree with you. Let's move over to the running backs. We already talked about uh, the Steelers situation, which probably, frankly, is the biggest deal, right? James yeah. Conner dealing with an AC shoulder injury. He's getting an MRI later today. We know that Benny Snell is also injured, potentially to the point where he can't play. So Jalen Samuels would enter as the starting running back should Conner miss any time. Again, we don't know what's going to happen there. At this point, we're kind of defaulting to just wait and see uh, and keep monitoring the injury reports as we go Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday. We also have Mark Walton we talked about as well, now the de facto starting running back for the Dolphins. He's 34% owned going against the Jets this week. That's not bad, but I don't know if I really want any part of the rushing attack for the Dolphins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, you mentioned maybe the Jets have a letdown and the, and the Miami rushing game is uh, a little bit superior if they can keep this game close and actually have their first positive game script for running back in the year. So he's someone that uh, I guess you can maybe look at Mark Walton. I mean, the carries are going to be there. So uh, so that's something here. Uh, did you mention uh, Edmonds for the Steelers when we were running through those guys? I know we ran through them pretty quick. He's technically the only back without an injury designation on the Steelers roster right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I, no, I did not even mention Edmonds. Yeah, Trey Edmonds. Because everyone else, I mean, Connor's got the AC joint. Uh, Samuels has a knee injury, but he's probably going to he come back. He was cleared back. from the bye last week. Yeah, okay. That's so, what the report was saying. So Samuels will be on his way back, but I don't see them suddenly giving Samuels 20, 25 touches a game. Um, Benny Snell also has a knee injury. We don't know a ton about that. And then there's Trey Edmonds. So I, I don't really know if you mess with this at this point. I mean, yeah. Trey, Trey Edmonds could very well give us another Ty Johnson situation. Samuels is a guy that I'm interested in. I think if he has the opportunity, he's the kind of pass catcher and running threat that the Steelers seem to develop really well. Benny Snell, I was never a huge fan of him coming out of college. I think he's kind of slow, uh, more of a lumbering guy, really to the point where people thought he would just be a goal line specific back for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. That really doesn't entice me at all, but I guess if he's getting 20 to 25 looks, if Connor and Samuels are out, then fine, I get it. The most interesting name, I think, probably available for a lot of people is Darius Geis, and it's interesting. Yep. We talk about all the bad teams out there. The Redskins are right up there with the Bengals and Dolphins and everyone else. Under 30% owned currently, should be back by week 11. Adrian Peterson was discussed at maybe getting traded. Uh, that never happened, and I don't know why anyone really going out and actively acquiring mm-hmm. Peterson, but whatever. Okay, so Geis becomes the starting running back once he starts or comes back in week 11. Do you have any interest in him as a fantasy-eligible guy? Yes, he's probably the first guy I'm going to look at if I can afford the roster space to look ahead out of this running back group um, for several reasons here. I mean, the, the Redskins already did Adrian Peterson pretty dirty week one when they put him on the inactive list because they were ready to roll with Darius Geis. I mean, that was pretty clear. Uh, reason number two, uh, Trent Williams, I believe, did not get traded at the deadline unless something nope, uh, nothing has snuck up in either. here. He was another name that uh, was definitely in all sorts of trade talks. We write rumors here at Rotowire now. It's in a different section away from the site. If you ever want to get into the more uh, gossipy, speculative stuff that we normally try to stay away from, we got a whole list of rumors, and I remember going through those and seeing Trent Williams' name pop up a lot. He's staying put, so their offensive line is going to stay, you know, He hasn't played relatively. for them all this yeah. year, though. Oh, yeah, fair. Oh, I guess he, so. He's, but he he's did... doing that because he had a tumor on, his, on oh, his head. Oh, that's right. And they didn't handle the situation well to the point that he didn't mm-hmm. like it, or I don't know if it's tumor. Okay. Some benign thing right there. All right. Well, I should clarify uh, 
uh, you know, I still have this tweet deck up. Uh, Adam Schefter, a big move on deadline day. Trent Williams' holdout is over per source. He has reported back to the Redskins. Well, there you go. And Ian Rappaport confirms it. So, <laughs> but, like so I you, was saying. You just <laughs> scooped me right there. As I was I just, yeah, I just thought, I mean, this is literally 55 seconds ago, so you can tell when we're recording that's this. That's huge. So, yes. Yeah, so, Trent Williams, yeah. holdout done for the Skins. And that's just another reason. Uh, Darius Geis is a player that, you know, was a, a mid-round draft pick early yep. in draft season. Yep. Cut after he went on IR, understandable. It's a meniscus injury. So you do have uh, you do have some, you know, some maybe some slight concerns about the wear and tear on that. But, um, I mean, Adrian Peterson's not getting it done. Wendell Smallwood's not worth owning. This backfield goes back to Geis. And even on a bad team, uh, I think there's something here because, you know, he'll get 10 to 15 carries still. And he's a threat to break one off, and he could be used in the passing game as well. So this is uh, this is probably the guy. So, uh, yeah, between the t- Trent Williams holdout being over and them getting that major boost and um, the fact that he'll be coming off the IR in a couple weeks, he'll be back by week 11, we are told, um, he'd be the top running back pickup this week. I had Geis earlier in a dynasty league, and I think uh, I cut him after that week too with the knee injury, thinking he wasn't going to come back this year. But frankly, it was because I didn't feel great about the Redskins' offense, and if Case Keenum's on our center and he looks like he's going to be this week and we don't really know the future with Dwayne Haskins, but Haskins hasn't really improved himself so far, mm-hmm. I don't know how much I really – like, I don't want the Redskins. I don't want Dolphins. Like, I, I know you keep talking about Devontae Parker getting touchdowns. Great. But how much can you really rely on that? And I think that's where my concern lies. And I guess if you're only investing a little bit in your draft or your free agent capital or waiver wire claim, I get it. And if you had Geis, I don't know if you're really cutting him necessarily if you had an IR spot available too. So – that's it, possible. It's just it's IR just, spots are probably the only thing that kept his own ownership exactly. percentage up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just it's difficult for me to be like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get Darius Geis. But you look at the other names that are available That's following the thing. Week, and there just is not a lot, especially with bye weeks really getting heavy now and then next week mm-hmm. too. So yeah, I mean, are you going to really get more out of Benny Snell or Mark Walton? Not no, necessarily. No, um, Daryl Henderson's still 27. percent I know you're a Henderson guy. Is he we're talking about for yeah, a second? It's it's interesting. He's gotten a few more carries now. Shockingly, a guy who invested a third round pick in, pretty talented dude. Now he's playing and doing well. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Why couldn't this happen earlier in the season? It seems like they're trying to manage Todd Gurley's workload. We knew that was going to happen entering the year. Why Malcolm Brown was the conversational guy mm-hmm. for that, I, I still don't know. But here we are now with Henderson getting 10 plus carries or touches, I think, yep. in the last two of the last. And I believe two, he, had, uh, he had a better yards per carry. I mean, not the greatest, greatest stat, but better than Todd Gurley. It was just Gurley that found the end zone. If it were Henderson that found the end zone, we'd be having a pretty different conversation right now. The only reason he's met, comes up last year on our list of running backs, Rams on a bye this week. So I limited think he's utility. a lower version of what whatever you thought the David Johnson Chase Edmonds backfield could be offensively, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I have both. I might as well roll them out. And I think you talked about once. I know I had to do it at least once in mm-hmm. a, a different format too. I think that's what Todd Gurley, Daryl Henderson can be. And like, I, it doesn't help you in best ball formats, but you're kind of stacking the Rams offense, assuming they're going to score and either Gurley or Henderson's going to fall in there, but at least giving you four to five points of mm-hmm. a floor. And I like that if you have to kind of, uh, shrug your shoulders and go ahead on week 10 or week 11 with all those buys. Yeah, my, my Edmonds, David Johnson stack dreams are now just like swirling down the <laughs> toilet. I can I, That's what I see when I close my eyes at night. Do you, uh, do you have any remorse over how hard you, but frankly it was me, were pushing Ty Johnson last podcast as the top waiver wire pickup? Like I was saying, let's go all in. And I did. I like stake league in mm-hmm. a few of my uh, NFFC leagues, a lot of my friends and family leagues. 70, 80, 90% of my budget, all in on Ty Johnson. And uh, J.D. McKissick didn't do anything. Ty Johnson didn't do anything. Oh, welcome Trey Carson, who was the practice squad guy for the Packers, as mm-hmm. the guy gets the majority of the carries against the Giants. Yeah, this is tough. I mean, during the show, I wasn't crazy on it. But like as after our show, I believe, is when Carryon Johnson went on IR. And then I talked to our resident Maryland Terrapins expert, John McKechnie, about Ty Johnson, who only had good things to say. So then I started getting to the point where I was warming up to him. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I had 62 and $65 fab bids on Ty Johnson, which both lost. Um, so maybe a blessing in disguise, but I'm not quite ready to give up on him entirely just yet. Um, one, he had a pretty uh, – I got to – remember who the heck they played this week i believe they played the giants oh geez so he should have had he a good should have matchup. had a good matchup should have had a good matchup in theory but here's the one thing that gives me comfort is uh the lions were a big name looking to go out there and make improvements at the trade deadline they got nobody to come help them out so they still got you know kind of a situation i mean he, ty johnson saw 25 offensive snaps which was somehow almost half of what he saw the week before um 
I don't get it, Jake. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I've listened to Mario and John now for mm-hmm. just about every podcast they've done. Ty Johnson was to the point where I was concerned about my love for carry on. Like mm-hmm. that's how great of a player he was speed wise should have had it all there. We saw the lines utilize him and, to Mario's credit, last week he was saying, I don't know, the Lions do some really weird shit all the time when it comes to their backfield, and lo and behold, we saw some really weird stuff going on. And mm-hmm. again, if anyone was dancing around the fact that, oh yeah, Ty Johnson's not going to be great and they're celebrating today, I guarantee you, you were not saying Trey Carson was the guy getting 50% <laughs> of the carries. It was yeah. J.D. McKissick as the guy that fills in, and he didn't do anything mm-hmm. either. I guess, you know, I've definitely... Uh, tempered my future hopes for Ty Johnson here, but I'm just not saying that you got to immediately turn around and cut your investment. Give it another week just to see how it goes because it, you don't know what I will agree happen. With you. It's, it's, a, it's the Lions. Cost, they right? can do something weird. The only the sad part is, is they've still got the Bears twice, uh, the Vikings once. Uh, Packers some pretty good, too. Yeah, pretty good run. To Packers not until week 17, and okay. if you're playing fantasy in week 17, you know, Legally. You did there without with Ty, without Ty Johnson probably. Yeah. It's a sunk cost if you invested that uh, fat budget in there and trying to figure out what to do afterwards. It's yeah. fine because again, look at look at the options we're mm-hmm. dealing with. There's yeah, not some exactly. yeah. high quality because guys of, because of the options and what you you know some people would say you know it's a sunk cost fallacy. You shouldn't think about that. I'm willing to hold out hope for one more week against the Raiders. Uh, I, it's going to be tough to stomach starting him after what he did to you last week, but uh, that's at least the game where there there is some ceiling. I'll give you a hint, listeners. The receiver position doesn't get much better. But before we get to that, let's get a word from our sponsors uh, over at World Fantasy Pools. Already knocked out of your survivor pool? Do you end up losing early in the season, feeling like your success is mostly based on luck? Well, wish there was some alternative where you could use your actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses. Now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you the first-of-its-kind game-type stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes the traditional concept of survivor pools that players are familiar with and adds in a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you'll use your fantasy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line. Achieve that stat line and you advance, and you fail to? Well, you get eliminated. Be the last to survive or make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to advance and win. It's just that simple. Sign up today and play at www.worldfantasypools.com. That's www.worldfantasypools.com. All right, we talked about Kenny Stills, Corey Davis, Zach Pascal, a few of the Green Bay receiver. Alan Lazard is still somehow starting my stake league team. Devontae Parker, Alex Erickson. Yeah, it wasn't great for a few of those guys. Devontae Parker didn't score. Kenny Stills was a disappointment. Alan Lazard did a few things. Corey Davis did no things. Zach Pascal was shut down by the Broncos receiving or Broncos secondary. It was a tough day overall for a lot of these fringy wide receivers, it feels like, this past mm-hmm. week. Yeah, I mean, the Kenny Stills thing, I had a, I had 100% exposure to him in DFS, obviously. That did not quite work out. If there's any solace in that, though, it's the fact that he was out on the field for, I mean, 96.4% of snaps. So, I mean, you we were right about that. He just wasn't, we wasn't necessarily being used. Uh, so... There's still a spot in fantasy for Kenny Stills, but that'll get tough. Um, Alan Lazard, I believe, was uh, one of the leading. Uh, you know, I'm checking out our team trends page as we go right now. I mean, the Packers still uh, hopefully are getting Devontae Adams back in the near future, but until then, it looks like Lazard is going to continue to have a pretty big role uh, on that offense. He was out on the field for, okay, this is an interesting one, uh, 66.7% for Lazard. Uh, Geronimo Allison, 63.8%. Valdez Scantling, 62.3%. Jake Kumaro, 50.7%. So technically, Lazard's the leading one out there out of those options, but I think the low usage and the high running back usage kind of collectively takes away from all of those guys. So that becomes really tough. Uh, the one name that was that we haven't talked about in the past that was a little bit interesting for me, the Jigs did put Marquise Lee on the IR this week. Yeah. D.D. Westbrook has a shoulder injury. Um, so Chris Conley is maybe in the mix. Normally you wouldn't think about the third receiving option on the on the Jags team that is going to live and breathe uh, with Leonard Fournette. But uh, Conley had a pretty decent game, and, and that could potentially continue if their whole receiving core is cleared up. Yeah, he's the D.J. Chark fill-in that I think a lot of people, whenever you see D.J. Chark hurt or maybe out, and Chark's been magnificent this season, but the times where he hasn't really been able to get out in the field, it's been Chris Conley that's benefited. And if you talk about Chris Conley, you always think best ball, right? Like uh, 17th or 18th round pick that has the chance to go off for 
you know, 100 receiving yards and one touchdown. That's fantastic. And you don't have to guess when that game occurs. I mean, he played that Demarcus Robinson role on the Chiefs for the entire first four years of his career. You know, maybe he had some good games, but few and far between. And exactly. I mean, that's the point where he wasn't really utilized to the way you probably should be using somebody that's super tall and super fast on the outside. That just never was his position in Kansas City, which is a questionable decision about Andy Reid, but that's a different question for a different day. I mean, to put his fantasy value, again, with Marquise Lee now on injured reserve, I can see more situations where maybe Conley ends up being a bigger factor. But you're relying on Gardner Minshew to be able to target multiple people, right? Like it's DJ Chark first. Then it's D.D. Westbrook when he's out there, and Leonard Fournette. Like, Chris yeah. Conley at his best is always going to be the fourth option. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is how much D.D. Westbrook are we going to see, number one? And if you look at the total snaps in Jacksonville the entire year, Chris Conley, 432, D.J. Shark, 425, D.D. Westbrook, 391. So Conley is out there on the field the most and could be one injury away from coming into fantasy relevance, which might be D.D. Westbrook. We'll kind of see what happens with him. So, I mean, again, you you alluded to this. It's a, it's a rough week uh, for wide receivers. I mean, I wrote down that Atlanta's Russell Gage got nine targets this week um i wrote down that maybe robbie anderson were to get dealt and someone like ryan griffin or demarius thomas could pick back up but really it's uh it's pretty slim pickings for wide receivers and i don't know what else uh to um to base that on outside of you know having a high snap count like you dutifully put together a great rundown targeting a few different players but demarius thomas was mentioned in the fact that robbie anderson gets traded he actually quietly has just under 50 receiving yards in every single game, 47, 62, 42, 63, in the four games since he came over from New York. So, like, he's not bad if you really have to choose somebody. Mm-hmm. I would much rather have Demarius Thomas over Russell Gage, although mm-hmm. maybe Gage ends up kind of filling into what Muhammad Snooze role is, too, which we thought was going to be more of Calvin Ridley. I don't know if that's the case. Like, Gage has an opportunity to kind of capitalize on those targets. I think Demarius Thomas is a very safe Five to eight points mm-hmm. in a wide receiver or flex role, if you really, or wide receiver three or flex, okay. if you really have to go that route. Do you think about Deontay Johnson at all? I mean, seven targets on Monday night. It looked like Rudolph was going his way a little bit. Caught five of those for eighty-four and a score. Or is that just a symptom? Oh, of he's him a playing step above Dolphins. those guys already. Yeah. In my opinion, he's been mm-hmm. out for a while since he was okay. kind of the the focal point of the podcast. Uh, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. I know he struggled at times, but I feel like his role with essentially only being Juju Smith-Schuster is the other receiving option. James Washington's been nowhere to be seen. Uh, I I like Deontay Johnson to the extent. All right, well, with the Steelers coming off a bye, I mean, he's only owned in 12% of Yahoo League. So uh, Deontay Johnson, yeah, he's out there for the taking if you need a wide receiver. Yeah, that's that's probably... Yeah, of those of that group is probably the one I like the most. Out what's our so. replacement line like a Cole Beasley or like what's the last player wide receiver? I mean, yeah, I, it's I I feel like we get a little bit warped right when we're thinking about under the under fifty percent own. But in most of these ten or twelve team leagues, you're never even considering a Dante Johnson, even with all those bye weeks out there. So mm-hmm. it's difficult to figure out where that where that point is. Devonte Parker is miles ahead of that, and you yeah. know I'm not a huge Devonte Parker fan. I hear so. you. I did pick up De- uh, Deontay Johnson in a twelve teamer. I did not start him because I wasn't sure if Josh Jacobs was going to play or not so I needed one other person that was available in the three o'clock games or later a three o'clock of course here in central time one person in the afternoon slate uh, or later that was available and of course Jacobs ended up playing so I didn't need him but now I have Deontay Johnson on my roster and is he really my first cut I don't know yeah, I have a lot of Bissy Johnson, the second receiver for the Vikings after Adam Thielen was held out for the Thursday game. I threw Bissy Johnson there a few times thinking, great matchup. Well, yeah, okay, Thursday night game sucks. So <laughs> see, I, that's probably my first cut, and I would have a lot of these guys yeah. mentioned over Bissy. Yeah, see, we, tr- we traded. Uh, I watched the Monday night game this week. You yes. got the Thursday yes. night game this week. I, I saw Brothers Osborne and Chris Stapleton here in Madison. So shout out if you're a Stapleton fan. That dude puts on an amazing show. And I told you, I bit the bullet on the Buccaneers-Titans, so I've seen enough bad football for at least one week. <laughs> Your fantasy winnings are going to need a game plan. Put them to work on Stash and you'll get an extra $5 to start investing. Over 3 million Americans invest, bank, and save with Stash all in one easy-to-use app. On Stash, you can buy pieces of stock and funds just for $5 at a time. And unlike some other micro-investing apps, you get to build your own portfolio. Your Stash also includes access to smarter, simpler bank accounts that actually work with your investment account and they can help you save and spend smarter. Want to plan for a better financial future? Well, Stash also offers retirement accounts and investing accounts for kids. Stash can even help teach you how to save and invest confidently with simple guides, articles, challenges, and personalized personalized guidance stash is a financial home for all your money needs and they'll even give you five dollars to invest if you join today stash 
one app, unlimited opportunity. Investment advisory services offered by Stash Investments, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Debit account services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. All right, let's move to the tight ends because, frankly, this might be the most attractive position uh, out there right now on the waiver wire. I'm really disappointed in us, but me specifically, Jake, because I was on the Thursday Series XM show with Jeff Erickson, and he was raving about Jonu Smith filling in for Delaney Walker to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I need a tight end for Stake League. Let's go ahead and roll out there. I actually beat Jeff in our Stake League matchup entirely because I have Jonu Smith in my lineup with the six catches, seven, eight yards, and a touchdown. So thank you, Jeff, for tipping me off on that one. We didn't really cover it on the Tuesday podcast because we didn't know how Mm -hmm. serious Delaney Walker's injury was. And frankly, Mm -hmm. we still don't know. So if he's out, I love Jonu Smith as a top 10 or top 12 fantasy option at the tight end position, but we don't know what Walker's stats is as of this recording on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... There's some interesting names, and he's certainly one of them. He would have been a great DFS option last week. But remember, you're buying him right now. You're not getting last week's production. Of course, that's the biggest uh, lesson I can say with the with the waiver wire situation here. So, yeah, he might be another good option again. But what about 19% owned Darren Fells? Uh, I know you're going to live or die. It's going to be totally boom or bust. But keep this in mind. He's had two multi-touchdown games this year, and he's had double-digit PPR points in two other games all collective he's ppr tight end eight joe i mean maybe that says more about the position than it does to, uh, darren fells but you maybe grab him and see if you can catch lightning in a bottle i mean he's not all that different from the dallas goddard recommendation i made last week who scored again by the way uh so you kind of some of these guys you just got to pick up be willing to live with two three point days and hope you you catch fire what did you just say about Jonah smith you're not you're not taking him or assigning him for last week's production mm-hmm. fells That's has done it, it twice Fells has done it twice. He's How many weeks have we played, Jake? <laughs> Eight. We're That's halfway one, through the one, season. That's one fourth We're of the time. The I don't. Season, man. I don't uh, okay, I, I get it. And people are going to go chasing him. I mean, he's only nineteen percent owned. I have to imagine there's going to be a lot of people out there that are like, "Oh man, uh, uh, Austin Hooper's going to buy. Uh, I'm going to go with Darren Fells." Just temper your expectations. It's probably not going to happen again that he scores. Two touchdowns, much less one, despite how you continue to say Dallas Goddard is this touchdown fiend. The one tight end that I'm interested in, if O.J. Howard is out, is Cameron Brayton. We've seen O.J. Howard be one of the biggest fantasy disappointments across the entire spectrum, not just tight end position across the whole league. Brayton has been the receiving tight end to own, if you dare say anyone should be owned for the receiving options of tight end for the Buccaneers. Howard missed last week. He wasn't Brait wasn't able to capitalize. I think only getting five catches for like thirty-five yards or thirty-two. This is Mike yards. Evans show, man. Yeah, and Chris Godwin also suffered too. That being said, like maybe Brait ends up being a guy that you could target uh, if you're like really desperate for tight ends and and just go that direction. I guess that that what what do you think about him? Yeah, I can definitely live with that. I mean, it's the OJ Howard situation doesn't get any better. I think I I wrote this hopefully on our on our on our prep sheet here to think uh, maybe OJ Howard would get dealt to the Patriots and suddenly those shares wouldn't be worthless anymore. Right. Again, really quiet trade deadline. They play the Seahawks this week. Not okay. a whole lot going on. Well, that they're 29th against the tight end position, and then the Cardinals the following week. We know we all know how bad the Cardinals are. I'm not saying I need to rush out and go get Cameron Brake two weeks ahead of the, the Cardinals matches, specifically because we do not know what O.J. Howard's stats is going to be. But just something seems off with that relationship between the the head or the coaching staff and O.J. Howard, and I wonder if Brake feels like the better investment. The other guy to mention maybe is Chris Herndon. We don't really know when he's going to return. Frankly, Jake, I'm about ready to stop talking about him, but yeah, everyone else seems to, to be keep, super interested. He has to come up on the list, you know, because he was – the thing is, he was mildly successful last year. You know, it's not like he was some world beater, but exactly. But again, he's a name. The tight end thing is so. This, the position is so rough this year. I mean, even after missing all that time, I think I saw that Hunter Henry was tight end twelve this year. Yeah, so, he, yeah. I mean, and he's been great. Twenty three targets the past three weeks. Yeah, I mean, anybody that can suddenly step in, be a red zone threat, and get five six targets a week is relevant in the, at the tight end position. So um, it's a big it's a big list of names of tight ends. There are some guys that are exciting. A lot of guys that are risky. Uh, hopefully, a few that are a little productive and a lot more that just suck. And I feel like that's kind of where <laughs> right, yeah. we're at. Yep. Let's let's move over I'll to the defenses. You can be honest. <laughs> that's we'll fine. Be fine. We'll be we fine. we work well together that way. Let's move over to the defenses real quick. We talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, they got me 15 points. Not enough, of course, to beat uh, my friend who just continues to have my number when it comes to our fantasy matchups of the regular season. Uh, the Lions they were I, uh, they weren't great against Daniel Jones. Daniel Daniel mm-hmm. Dimes was really uh, tearing apart in the Seahawks too. For some reason, I thought Matt Schaub was going to struggle. Silly me for thinking the 38-year-old quarterback who's thrown under 40 passes in four years (laughs) throws 39 completions in a single game. 
Silly me for thinking that would happen. Yeah, so Seattle defense wasn't great. Here we are, another thing, the Jets going against the Dolphins. Again, I'm a little bit worried about what uh, we've seen following today's Tuesday trade deadline where everyone from the Jets was potentially traded. Didn't happen, but I can't imagine that helps the chemistry. The Broncos faced the Baker Mayfield-led Cleveland Browns, and you have the Eagles defense going against Josh Allen and company, and you know mm-hmm. how turnover-prone they can be. Yeah, the problem is is uh, the Jets are on the road. They still have Jamal Adams, which will help their case. Um, again, you, you can talk about that uh, storyline, narrative, X-factor type thing on, as to how motivated they'll actually be to get things done. You know, I'm kind of looking through the lowest over-under on the week. Okay, so... Um, I shouldn't have said the, the, the Redskins, the Bills defense against the Redskins who I was looking at instead. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, whoops, I, yeah. All right, so uh, anyway, I think the Broncos are the pick this week, actually. You're going to see the Jets everywhere because of the Dolphins. Uh, I might fade the field on that and go with the Broncos. They're only 28% owned uh, in, in Yahoo leagues. Yeah, you know, they're going to have some bad quarterback play, but this is the team that's going to have to have their defense go out and get it done for them. Uh, the over-under on that game, likely because of the quarterback situation, is 39. How often do you see over-unders in the 30s? I mean, you mentioned uh, the Buffalo Washington game 36.5 so maybe take a stab at getting a piece of that I don't know why I thought Philly was against Buffalo well they played him last week which is ah, which is okay. fine yeah that makes I, sense. I'll give you this so you talked about the Broncos against Baker Mayfield and the Browns totally fine with that what about the Browns defense against whatever backup quarterback they have out there like I, I know Joe mm-hmm. Flacco is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL so how big of a downgrade is it really moving from Brandon Allen to uh, Joe Flacco? But I think there should be, and 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 maybe it's a snare again. The over-under for that is 39. Yeah, so t- I mean, technically Denver has the lowest implied point total on the, on the uh, whole slate because, um, well— they don't have Emmanuel Sanders Now nah, Washington's got the lowest implied point total. But anyway, yeah, you're right. I could see the Cleveland defense coming into play. Are I think they, it's um, kind of a sneaky top five fantasy defense this week. Yeah, if, okay. if you don't have the Cowboys going against the Giants, and of course the Patriots are always the Patriots, and yeah, of course the Patriots be dominating something in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Sure, of course that happens. Yeah, I guess I guess my heart was just going with the home team in that situation, but I think both sides are are very relevant. I mean, both guys. Do you want you want Von Miller? Or do you want Miles Garrett? I, there'll be some sacks in this game. There'll be some turnovers in this game. It's going to get ugly. The Browns are twenty five percent owned. I, I guess yeah, you're right. I'll, I'll give you that one. Uh, uh, maybe the Browns. On the road, that's the tough part. I, I just I worry a little bit about where things are from an organizational standpoint, what's going to happen to Freddie Kitchens and how much that's a concern entirely. But anyway, get a piece of this game if you're streaming defenses because it'll work out for you probably either way. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that too. So that does it for us on that Tuesday edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Of course, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports and Jake at Roto Jake. Best of luck to your fantasy liners. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.